You weren't scheduled to start until five, but you're on. Oh, good. We're on. Learning about these production stuff. Anyway, Kelsey, we were talking about Park City population, 30,000, you said? Something like that, but it expands and grows drastically based on all of the tourism. The seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tracy Childers, uh, founder of Wishlist Member. Um, really good friend of mine. In fact, today is his birthday. So big shout out to Tracy, um, you know, Park City resident. And I met him at a conference and he said something that changed the way I viewed entrepreneurship. Um, we were, we, we just, we had passed each other twice in this conference hall, right? We go to this restaurant and not, not we together. He was there. I happened to be there. You know, I was, I, so I looked at him and he looked at me. He stood up immediately, he came up to me, gave me this big old handshake. And he's like, man, what's your story? What's going on? You know, we had this aura. And so we became good friends. And he said, <clears throat> his friends, he, he always sees them at conferences, right? Entrepreneurship is so isolating, right? Because you don't have other entrepreneurs close. And so his best friends are those that he meets at these conferences with, with and then he travels with and stuff. And it gave me the permission to say, you know what? I can value my relationships that aren't geographically associated with me just as much as somebody who might be a next door neighbor. Without him, I never would have opened the door on that. Um, so I, I got to ask culture, leadership, stuff like that for you. Um, you know, virtual workspace, COVID changed a lot of that. What are you seeing? You know, it's interesting because I started my career where I was constantly traveling. And while, yes, we worked in an office in Madison, Wisconsin, I was always on the road. And so working with people in different time zones and around the world. And I never really had necessarily a set office where I oftentimes would work from home and I would manage and lead teams across continents, in fact, at certain circumstances and times. And so having an office was never what was most critical and what brought us together. Instead, it was the ability to relate to each other and then really focus on having core opportunities to bring everyone together. So at different organizations, it would be, you know, the annual meeting or an international excursion, or you would just really enjoy the opportunities to get everyone together when they were at a client site or going to pitch business to a specific organization and that would be when you really got the opportunity to collaborate. And then a lot of my business contacts actually have all come from those type of conferences where you're engaging and meeting. You've known each other maybe digitally through LinkedIn and through different um, forums, but you haven't gotten to actually meet face to face. And so actually um, one of the first marketing people I worked with in my own business I met her digitally. I worked with her remotely. I never got to meet her face to face until years later at South by Southwest. She came and met with us and I actually got to meet in person. And the same thing is true now with the current team that I work with, uh, Class Act Media. They're out of Canada and I worked with them digitally for well over a year before I got to actually meet with them in person. They came to Texas and got to actually spend a day together. So I actually have never been somebody that only worked kind of in person with people. I've been comfortable with those digital relationships. And so that really made COVID very interesting because it transitioned people's leadership and management structures to where they were used to seeing people face-to-face -face in an office. And suddenly they were having to manage these team members 
remotely. And they didn't know how to do that with ease and comfort. And so you started to see a lot of micromanagement come into play where everyone was requiring people to be on Zoom and, um, you know, at check-ins and things like Remote that. Remote controlling the desktops. Yes. And that really, from my perspective, goodbye. Right. Yeah. Because I'd worked successfully for, at that point, well over a decade and had never had to be on video conference calls. I'd never needed to be chained to my desk. I do some of my best work in conference calls when I'm walking around and pacing and suddenly, oh, you now need to be face forward in your computer. That was a really interesting mm -hmm. dynamic change. So I think we're starting to see a healthier blend. I think people are getting wise to the fact that having to have your eyes and energy trained on a computer is only two dimensional and that it's very fatiguing. I mean, we've learned that Zoom fatigue is a real thing. And so leadership is has gotten a lot more comfortable with how to manage their team members, how to weed out the people that maybe were underperforming, because if you're underperforming, you're going to do that whether you're working in an office or at home. And right. so I think that it's it's evening out. People are getting used yeah. to when they want to be on camera, when they don't, and asserting their boundaries. Yeah, this quote won't last, but business owners mm -hmm. chaining their 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 people to their desks, right, with those mechanics, it's like feeding them moldy vegetables. You know, it's like vegetables are bad enough, but let's go. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up? And welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I'm just going to say I'm like in a super happy mood right now. I don't know if it's like the team expansion and having Chris Chambers now as CEO of Media Productions and Paul coming in, how well the team does. I don't know if it's like the merry cheer of Christmas and all that that's gotten to me, but like I'm wired right now. And I know a big part of it as well as Kelsey Kreveling joining us on the show and talking about one of my absolute favorite subjects for visionaries, which is cultivating high-performing organizations, teams, and leaders, and the care that it takes to, to do that, alluding to some of the truths we're going to talk about, right? So we'll bring her on in just a minute. Before I bring Kelsey on, I always like to expose some of our secret sauces, okay? So two of those are up here in, in sponsorship form. One is one of our secret sauces. One of them is the one where I'm like, if I had to start over, I would go there. So let's start with cold click. Cold click is what we use for our LinkedIn automation. <clears throat> I've been training team members this week and I didn't have a lot of chance to get to my LinkedIn for the last several days. I usually only dive in once or twice a week. So I got in today and <clears throat> waiting there was 31 messages from people who are excited to be on the show. Um, I want to know about it. I'm like, cool. Awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have a system that does that for me so easily. And it's also easy to duplicate and replicate with other people who also work for our company. Um, and what it does is it expands our reach of how many people come through to us in an organic fashion. So I highly recommend leveraging automation in some form or fashion, tying it with your humanity. Super important. Make sure that your offers are intriguing before you try to propose, right? Make sure that you're attractive. Make sure that you respect where people are at and, and, and you look at how can I inspire people based on what they need, not based on what I want them to buy from me, right? That's a big flip um, in, in marketing that I see a lot of businesses need to go through. Then there's Simply Fast Websites. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little hoarse today too. Um, Shane Michael built this out and I'm so happy to see a modern provider who's 
uh, offering websites at $179. And I was like, man, if I can help him succeed at this, there's so many entrepreneurs that should shelve the website project, put it in the hands of somebody like this and say, you know what? I'll give you 179 bucks. You just build it. Here's my dream. It's going to come out. You know, I don't know. Maybe he builds it perfectly. I shouldn't judge Shane's work, but I wouldn't expect a $179,000 website for 179 bucks. But what I see so many people do who are visionaries is they get stuck in incubation mode and they only worry about their website. They forget that there's other productivity things that need to take place in order for you to be profitable and win. So if I could redo things and I had found him along the way, I wouldn't have spent so much time on Squarespace, Wix, etc. I would have tapped into this web developer who's created something with the mindset of not just web development, but web design as well. And I would leverage that friendship and see what else can I do to give back to him for having given me so much. So I'm doing that on behalf of all the entrepreneurs everywhere who should be supporting people who are trying to give more to the market like that. Then there's the water project. Water project is something that's near and dear to my heart. If you're a first time listener, then, then definitely check out what the water project is. Uh, if you've been listening for a long time, you know the drill. Uh, this is where we ask you to please share this with other people because you never know who will find that link and share. Speaking of, Dax Stanley, who we just hosted, he sent me the receipt for his contribution to the water project. And I was like, dude, that's cool. That's so inspiring. He went and did it right away. So with the communities here, you get to see the community that you're going to affect. You get to see what life's like before they receive your contribution. And then look at these children dancing and celebrating with water. The generational impact we have to make with, we can make with this cause is, is massive. So if you're in a position to give, please do. If you're in a position to share, awesome. And if you have another cause you'd like to see us support, don't hesitate to drop that in the comments. It's not a competition. Life's abundant. For those of us who have so much, it's an opportunity to look and say, okay, there's 8 billion people in this world who may not have what we have. Let's open our eyes and see what we can do to give back. So let's dive into Kelsey's website real quick. I want to pull that up. I'm always on the lookout when it comes to visionaries. I'm looking for people just like her to prove my constant point that if you want to build great organizations, you've got to create great teams. You have the opportunity to recruit people around you, learn how to lead people. And Kelsey dedicates her full time and attention to doing just that. So, and uh, originally founded in 2016, it's Kelsey Consulting, the consultant's consultant. I'll let you guys read this. I don't want to go through the reading. I want to take the opportunity to actually talk to Kelsey about her background and see why she feels our audience is is an audience that will benefit so much from her. But when you look at these brands like Alvarez and Marcel and Accenture, which Chris Chambers loves to use as an example of an amazing company, it becomes super clear what her depth is, how well she's done with helping people. And for those of you who are listening in and not seeing on your screen what's going on, I'm showing these brands that she's worked with and the background she has. Um, anyway, without further ado, I got to bring her on stage. Kelsey, I'm so honored to have you on Vision Pros Live. Thank you. Thanks, Jackson. It is such a privilege to be here with you today. And uh, wow, that was such an intro. Thank you. Well, you know, you're when you come into the pre-show and my the person who took the pre-show is an entrepreneur, by the way, his name is Sean Lechuga. And Sean, come, he calls me twice to talk to you, talk to me about you on two different occasions because he's just so impressed with your personality. I was like, oh, man, we got we got a great person coming on. So, Kelsey, who should be listening right now? And and what is it in your background that helps you know that they should be listening to you? Sure. So. There's a lot of information out there. We can consume it from many different places. But 
it doesn't resonate with everyone, right? We all have a different energy that we bring to the table, a different perspective, and we're going to attract those that are most meant to hear from us. And also we're going to be attracted to those that we're most interested and we can learn from. And so, you know, I generally like working with people who are very positive in nature, not toxically so, but that believe that there is more out there that want to be doing more, that hold themselves accountable, that take responsibility for the life that they're leading and for how they're contributing and cultivating that life and who really are in search of how can they perform to the best of their abilities in kind of all things, right? Um, I like to, to take the mindset of I'm doing my best. It may not be the best, but it's my best. And yeah. so for anyone who also resonates with that message, that's really who I enjoy working with people who have that frame of mind. I, I now get why Sean's so excited because those are core values for us, both, both of those aspects. The, and I love that you said positive, <clears throat> but not toxically. So, right. It's, that takes a, a great degree of self-awareness and, and psychology to be in tune with. And then, that being my best, you know, that with uh, removing the competition, removing that sense of like, I'm better than everybody else that, uh, thank you. Um, what's your vision for those that you serve? What do you hope to see them accomplish, achieve, et cetera? Yeah. So, you know, I have a mission and a mantra that I've coined and it's what's possible with a question mark and do more. And the reason that's my mantra is because I believe that the answer to that question, what's possible, is everything. Everything is possible when we put in the time, energy, effort, resources, and attention towards our goals. But often we don't think big enough. We don't encourage ourselves to really challenge that status quo and to consider all the things that are possibilities for us to achieve. And so with the people that I work with and with the people that I want to work with, it's helping them to realize that their possibilities are so much bigger than they've considered and that they are also capable of doing so much more than they have potentially taken on to date. I love that. I'm so glad you said a phrase there because one, you, I think a lot of people that listen to shows like this are like, Oh, I I can learn a lot from that person, but they're off touch. They're out. Like they're not, they're, they're off limits. You know, I'm not going to qualify or whatever, but you said, and the people you want to work with, let's dive into that. Who else do you want to work with? You know, it's, it's interesting. I really am fortunate in that I've had the privilege of working with, as you showed, um, some really phenomenal companies, brands, entrepreneurs, and executives. Um, And I'd love to be able to continue to do that, but I'd love to be able to do it at scale. Right now, I work with organizations much more one-on-one, and I'd love to be able to take that message even farther and beyond that, where I'm getting to work from with organizations in public speaking capacities that are larger, getting to work with them as keynote um, speaker, and just really getting to work one-on-one with those that want to advance and accelerate the opportunities that are available to them. So oftentimes I'm brought in to work with a, a corporate organization, work with their executive leadership teams, 
And then I'll work one-on-one -on -one with those executives. But I really enjoy it when leadership and individuals come to me and say, you know what, this is what I'm working towards and I want to get even better at what I'm doing. Not because my company that I work for is paying for this, but because that I intrinsically now want to launch my own direction, my own career, my own opportunities. So I think it's twofold. It's one, broadening the reach that I currently have, and then also just continuing to get to work one-on-one -on -one with those individuals on their path. And the reason I say that is because I love the work that I do. I love the people that I work with and I love the opportunity to encourage people to remove their limiting beliefs and to see really what is possible for them. And I mean, I'll be selfish here. That lights me up. That <laughs> excites yeah. me when I can help other people achieve and realize things that they didn't realize that they were, you know, able to accomplish. Absolutely. And and you we, let's let's expand even further. Next question is, what's your vision? You hit some of it. Uh, let's dive even further into that. So you're you're planning on scaling. Um, I have to I have to top the question because I just love how you, how you frame this. I don't know if you guys are listening that they're listening. Notice this, but one thing about Kelsey that strikes me and is like, oh my gosh, I'm finding a magic person here, is that you said what's possible. You talked about everything is possible and do more, but you don't have that typical toxic attitude associated with that, right? It goes back to that positivity without the toxic, right? Same thing exists with that scale. It's usually the go, 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 let's get it. We're going to do it until we, you know, like, whoa, chill the hustle a little bit. We're in corporate, not at war. Um, you have yeah. this balance about, about you on that. So as you as you envision scale, what what does that look like specifically? What do you think it's going to come to fruition? Like, what do you want it to look like? Yeah. So Jackson, I mean, I, I love that question. I love that you noticed that I don't believe in the manic mentality of burn yourself out. And there's a reason for that. So I've been there. I mean, I am classic type A perfectionist. Go, go, go. I used to be in, you know, traveled all the time, two to four cities a week, every week. I mean, I worked very hard um, and certainly burned myself out to a certain extent. And I've spent probably at this point over half a decade now, working to recover my health, my well-being, my mental health, and my just general happiness. Um, and I'm a big believer that we can achieve that balance when we're kind to ourselves and when we are respectful of how we have everything symbiotically work together. Um, I'm not somebody that believes in just killing yourself for the outcomes because what then you have nothing left to give and you've burned yourself out and that's not sustainable. Whereas, so to your question, what is my vision? My vision is that we can have a world where people get to pursue their goals, their dreams, and the work that they're great at from a balanced place where they are not constantly on call, on demand, on camera uh, chained to their desk, accountable to others, and not actually getting to be satisfied and fulfilled with the work that they do. That is not a positive existence, in my opinion, for really anyone. And I'd really love to help people realize that there is a better way to do it. You don't have to constantly be in meetings. You don't have to constantly be on demand for those that you work with. There are ways to express and assert your own sovereignty and establish boundaries that allow you to create and to do a great job 
but also to be healthy and balanced. And so when I take a look at kind of how I a work with clients and what I coach and support them on, yes, it's often on process and procedure and technology and project program change management, but it's also weaving in intrinsically those beliefs of we can do more when we actually say no to a lot. Uh, we're able to really parse out what's most important to us. Um, I actually have a, an exercise I have people do when they're going through um, pivotal job change and when they're considering a different career or role or position and just really working to understand what is fulfilling to them. And I tell them, I want you to envision your ideal day. Spend some time mapping it out. What do you want to be doing? Who do you want to be doing it with? How do you want to organize your morning? What is going to feel fulfilling to you? You know, what do you want to be eating? How do you want to incorporate health and well-being, exercise, sunlight, movement into that day? What type of work do you want to be doing? Do you want to be, you know, spending time on podcasts? Do you want to be spending time in meetings? Do you want to be spending time putting out fires? Do you want to be traveling? I mean, there's a lot of things. But when you fully have a clear picture of what's important to you, what's going to feel fulfilling, it makes it much easier then as you're evaluating other positions, other jobs, other opportunities against that ideal day. Every day is not going to be the ideal, but when you're clear on what that ideal looks like, instead of just having it be some far off hypothetical of, oh, I just hate what I'm doing. I want to be doing something else. If you know what that something else is, it becomes much easier to steer yourself towards it. So many entrepreneurs um, find themselves, you know, with a, with a goal to tackle a tree, right? To get the tree down and they don't want to take the time to go to the store and buy the ax. Um, you know, <laughs> and I'm so guilty of, of that too, right? Um, having to learn to take a step back. The hiring process is one of those, unfortunately, it's one of the last things I see people finally uncovering three, four, five years into the failure of what they've created. I've been there uh, many times. I'm entrepreneurial about it. I didn't recognize it the first few times I was so stubborn. Um, but when we take that moment, to, like the assessment you talked about, while it may sound exhausting to some of you, like take a breath, like go over that message you're sending right now. Like try to just break that message can wait. But these principles of getting set on who you are and defining it, it's not only for you, it's for your team. Right. How, how can your team respect your culture if you haven't built one? You know, how can your team end up with the same vibe? You know, if you if you've assumed that person's going to have fun washing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, and doing the things you don't want to do, and, but they come from the opposite angle of like those aren't the things I want to do either. Whether it's a marriage or it's a business, there's going to be a train wreck of toxicity that occurs from making assumptions like that. So I'm glad that you you exposed a lot of the assets um, that you know a lot of the questions. If you're listening, go back and write those down, um, you know, and, and take note for yourself. Um, also, I hope somebody trolls me based on your your description of always chained to a desk, always on camera, always like, she's describing podcasters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be awesome. Always, though. It's not all day long. <laughs> no, but the trolls, you guys help us win. So go ahead, troll away um, and get after it. So, um, no, but right, Jackson. Oh, go ahead. I love that question, what you just said there, though, which was, um, you know, oh, I have to do all of these things. I think one of the most 
pivotal things for me that I realized was when I changed that wording and changed it from I have to, do I get to, I'm, I'm not novel and being get to, get someone to. to say that others have said that before I have, but when I shifted sure. that way of thinking, it was, it completely transformed all of those have tos into blessings and things that I'm grateful for. Oh, I have to make my bed. I get to make my bed. I have a bed to be able to make, right? I have to go grocery shopping. I get to go grocery shopping. I get to go choose the food I'm going to eat. I mean, there's that list goes on and on, but changes your mindset completely. It does. Huge mindset shift. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, we're going to dive into, I want to look at one more note, little thing here. No, let's skip that for now because I have a feeling you're going to blow my mind with some of these answers. So what's your worst leadership experience ever been? Ooh, any particular genre? Um, I guess maybe just ponder that for, for a okay. second while I, I fill the air, dig to your soul, your heart, your mind it can be yours. With me as a leader or me with someone be, working with someone as a leader. It can be one of yours. It can be one you've seen. It can be one you've experienced. Um, the goal ultimately is that moment that, you know, is going to lift other people up and they're like, wow, sure. I'm glad she shared that. Yeah. So I can actually think something that'd be relevant to talk about even just right now. Um, you know, I am in the midst of creating other ventures. I, I like being involved in lots of different things. I've invested in um, other startups and, um, you know, I am a very big believer in we don't fail. We just learn. Yeah. And so um, I started painful. a venture. Painful. Last... <laughs> Sorry. It's painful. Yeah, it, yep. is, it is painful. But, but I do it too. Um, I get it. I get we're, it. we're learning. And um, I went into um, a new venture um, that I was really excited about. I believed in it immensely and um, with two co-founders. And unfortunately, fast forward over a year and that relationship did not work out. And so they actually unexpectedly quit. And so now I'm in the process of the next steps. And, you know, does the business, what does that look like? It, it can't continue. You know, it was necessary to have that type of co-founder support and relationship mm-hmm. to move it forward. And I'm having to do the really hard task of how do I wind it down and transition. So that is certainly an experience that as a leader, I wasn't anticipating. I wasn't thinking that that was going to be a possibility that I would have to consider and certainly not consider on such a short time horizon. Um, I actually equate it to going through a divorce. It's it's really easy to get married. It's really tough to get divorced. And I'd say the same thing holds true for starting a company. It is very easy to go on legal zoom or you know have your attorney fill out the paperwork to create an llc it is significantly harder to then wind down a business and to close it out and um knowing when it's the right time to do that uh knowing how to do it effectively and to do it neatly so that you don't have loose ends that continue to to come up to come up and have to deal with. Yeah, and it's a painful process because you're dealing with all the hardship of it while you're also grieving the loss of that venture. And so that would be, you know, from my perspective in a leadership capacity, I was serving as co-founder and CEO. Um, you know, I, I've got a number of, of lessons learned from that experience. But I think one of the biggest ones is 
knowing when it's a yes and knowing when it's a, this sounds great and I'd love to, and knowing when you don't have the capacity to take something on. You know, and, and there's there's lots of different ways that we can structure and make the things that we care about most important to us. But I think that's something that I would encourage all entrepreneurs to really take stock of is we like to say yes to the things that come at us if they seem to be a good fit, but really doing your due diligence and evaluating, is it the right fit? Are these partners the right fit? Are we going to be able to collaborate effectively? And are we going to be able to succeed and get the results that we're really seeking? And sometimes the answer wow. to that, unfortunately, is no. Okay. You just opened a mastermind circle, like a, a big, big, important mastermind circle. We, I, you are going to be the first invite back for the okay. panel discussion on entrepreneurship. Um, okay. Because the depth of what you just talked about right there, we would benefit so much from having a panel of six to seven entrepreneurs all talking about exactly that for about two hours, right? Di sure. Diving. When I say, so that's what my panels are going to be. They're going to be uh, between 90 and 120 minutes so that everybody has the mic time necessary to be able to express themselves fully and to create a true debate, not like a fabricated one based on politics, um, you know, or, or based on like the Oh yeah, well, I would say that if but I only got 15 seconds to talk, like that doesn't work. Anyway, so that platform, what you just talked about, struck a lot of chords for me. Um, had you said that three years ago, I would have PTSD would be the feeling that I would describe that as like, oh my gosh, you're so the grieving mm, of losing that partner. Uh, I'm also twice divorced, by the way. Um, so in addition to the business losses that have existed in partnerships. And you mentioned knowing when to close it down. There's also the agreeing on when to close it down. You know, everybody's got a different opinion on that, um, you know, and, and whether you should or not, right? Not everybody uh, believes that, that you should. So it's, it's one of those realities that if you're facing that alone as an entrepreneur, it's so helpful to know that there's others who have perspectives that they won't push it on you. I'm just, like I said, I've learned some things about you health, healthy boundary wise, or I'm like, oh, Kelsey's got it. Like she gets these topics. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to explore with you further. Um, it's, I love that you're, you're offering that though, and that you are doing that because as we know, being an entrepreneur is very lonely. Uh, it's not something that gets talked about enough. I think where yeah. when you're working in a company you have colleagues and coworkers and camaraderie, and you're able to rally together, for the goals that you're working together to achieve. And when you're the founder, you don't have that support. Even if you have team members who are working with you, there's so much that you can't share. Or you're in a mastermind with a founder who's super alpha. And then it's kind of helpful, but, whoa, sorry, I had to do it because that's, that's yeah. what it feels like. If you're listening mm -hmm. in, you know, if you want to be on that panel, absolutely apply, by the way. If you're listening, you're like, I got that entrepreneurial experience. I have multiple companies. That's what I'm talking about. Difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur. That's one of them, in my opinion, is you got multiple ventures that you're working in and you got that three to five years of experience and you've had some of those those wars come about, um, you know, where you've had to, to shut things down or, yeah, go through some of these more difficult aspects of entrepreneurship. So super cool. I got to drive you to the best leadership experience because I know you're going to throw down just as much. So what does your best leadership experience ever look like? 
You know, there's there's a couple that come to mind. Um, honestly, I think the, the first one is really just that this past May, I hit the seven year mark of staying in business uh, with Kelsey wow. Consulting. And so um, that was just a huge just milestone in general to have a, a business that um, despite original naysaying from others, I've been able to create, cultivate, and and put out there. And it was really rewarding when I put together, I did um, like a celebratory, um, you know, gift for clients actually at the six-year mark. And I was like, wow, I've got all these clients that I can thank for being a part of this journey. I've got vendors I've worked with and partnered with. I've got clients I value. And this amount of time is only possible because that they their belief in me and my support and what I've been able to do. And so just from a general experience, I think being able to see something that you know is possible, believe can happen, have it come to reality and then have it have longevity past the typical markers of when companies ebb and flow and, and transition. So that in of itself just has meant a tremendous amount. Um, I'd also say just anytime something that I've created has gone live into the marketplace. So several years ago when I launched something called the Consultant's Closet, um, a uh, venture for providing wardrobe guidance and attire inspiration for professionals, I actually wrote something called The Dress Code. And it was my first book, if you will. And it's a digital book, but I actually had it printed. And um, when I got the actual physical copy and I was able to say, oh my gosh, I, I made this, I created this, this is so cool. Um, and while that's not leadership of others, that is putting thought leadership out into the world. And as a consultant, the bulk of the work that we do is all verbal or digital. You don't often have physical products to go along with what you're creating. We're not building construction. We're not um, creating You don't have a free to dessert to give away. We, right. we don't, right? I mean, if we have giveaways, it's it's product, but it's not it's the boring. same as we are selling a physical yeah. item. And so you have to get really comfortable with the fact that your results are short term sometimes in nature. You might do a ton of work with an executive leadership team and then a key resource leaves that organization and things transition. And so now that work, while yes, now embodied in each of the individuals is no longer necessarily part of that team. There's a massive lack of gratitude that we have ourselves too, right? Mm -hmm. That if I show you the best landing page in the world, right? Or I've got the best blueprint, there is no emotional validation for the reality no. that that thing is valuable and it won't right. come to fruition of seeing, and it won't be appreciated with a, a until the bridge is built. You know, if right. the bridge is built and it's successful and all that, and all the other variables happen. So there's, it's so hard to appreciate your value when it's constantly in question. It, it mm -hmm. takes a, a deep spirit. And so I'm speaking from my, my experience, mm -hmm. my design team, when I saw them get praised tremendous, at first I had like a, that's not fair. How come they get instant gratification on what they do? But then I was like, oh, that's cool. That's the heart and soul of our company right there, the design team. Yep. But it doesn't devalue what you 
do. What you do is uh, to, to, ooh, consulting leadership culture takes it takes quarters to see the results of that. It does. And so that's why when I actually have seen some of the physical results of intellectual power I've put out into the world in physical form, yeah. that's a really neat experience to actually have something physical and tangible that you can tie to what you've created. I'll also double down on that as somebody um, who I've only published something privately. Um, I don't have it on the market, so I don't claim to be a published author. Um, but the intentionality that it takes, right? The hours that you put in it and you're not doing it for you, right? It would no. be different if it was a fiction book, which again, I'm not calling fiction authors selfish, but you're striving to gift the world with your knowledge in a way that takes you to that fourth tier of influence where your knowledge is available to people, whether you're here or not. The amount of selfless service in that is, is pretty incredible to me. There is some selfishness in it though, completely. Yeah, and the reason I fair. say that is, so for years, I don't know if you've felt this way, but I had thoughts and ideas just kind of bumping around in my head where I would be constantly thinking okay. a whole dialogue of, okay, here's how to dress for work, or here's how to set yourself up for an interview, or here's how to start a new job effectively, all these different ideas. And I go through those dialogues constantly and they're exhausting when you can't get them out of your head. And the moment I actually started writing and putting those thoughts into reality, my brain opened up and I had room for more to come in. And so it's actually been a really awesome exercise in taking yeah. those ideas, bringing them to fruition and then making space and room for more to come through. Yep. I believe that too. That's, an, that's another superpower that, that you mentioned there. So let's dive into a powerful lesson. What's a powerful lesson? If this was the last lesson you could share with visionaries regarding your experience, what would the lesson be? It's going to be so much harder than you think it's going to be. Uh, and I, I say that fully believing that you have to keep going and that it's all possible and that you are exactly where you're meant to be. And I firmly believe that things don't happen to us. They happen for us, but yeah. wow, is it difficult? And you will be challenged in ways that you could never imagine from all different angles. And so with that, the lesson there is, don't believe the negativity, even in your own brain. Instead, just go for a walk, take a shower, go to the gym, have lunch or dinner, or coffee with a loved one, go snuggle with the dog, go listen to good music, do something to break that negativity cycle that sometimes feels unrelenting. And when you are experiencing those emotions and feelings, you're likely getting much closer than you think you are to where it is that you want to be going. Typically that hardship shows up right when you're kind of at the precipice of where you on the other side of where you want to be. Um, the other lesson. Oh, you're going to double down on me. Woo! What's that? You're going to double down on me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the other thing I would share is, um, and I'm not the first person to say this, but the version of you that you want to be, you only get to be that version of you when you start being that version of you. You know, you might have great aspirations for where you want to go and how you want to portray yourself and how you see yourself. 
But until you start showing up as that person every day in all of your decision making, you can't transform and become that person. There's no magical um, shortcut from where you are to where you want to be. You just have to start being that person. You have to say, okay, well, that person that I want to be, how do they travel? How do they speak? How do they dress? How do they act? How do they organize their day? How do they interact with their loved ones? How do they prioritize their to-do list? And looking at it from every decision that you make. Because if you're slacking in certain areas and you're not holding yourself accountable, you're not going to be that person that you envision for yourself. Because no one else is going to intercept and coach you or whip you into shape to, to hold you accountable. You have to make those choices for yourself. And then once you do, the world responds in kind, but it's only once you yourself decide, okay, I want to be there and I'm going to actually start holding myself accountable for that version of me that I want to become. Absolutely. So for those of you listening in and you're so excited to, to learn more about cultivating high-performing organizations, teams, and leaders, this episode is a prelude of what's also to come. Before you get there, it gets, gets disappointed. Be like, well, Jackson, that was deceiving. No, it wasn't. We've laid a massive foundation. It starts with you as a leader. And that's what Kelsey has hit on is you as a leader have got to look at what can I be doing better to be my best self. I don't need to be better than the other competitors out there. I don't need to be better than my employees. I need to show up as my best self. What does that look like? That is foundation number one, which is why we call it Vision Pros. It's all about you becoming a great visionary. Foundation number two is then as you become that attractive person, how do you create the processes and the systems that then sustain and support people who want to support you along the way? That's my foundation number two. But what I wanted to extend is an invitation to Kelsey. Kelsey, I would love to see you on The Power Take, our other show. It's a business show about business news. You would be the news segment. And Chris Chambers, the new CEO of Media Productions at First Class Business, would be your host. And you guys would rock out on basically, you know, a workshop style. Like, what do you do? How do, how do we go in at this at a deeper level? And, um, you know, kind of create kind of create like an instant book and okay. video format to that, to that interview. Anyway, it would be a lot of fun. We would love to have you. Don't feel forced to do that. But if you see the opportunity there, um, I think that there's there's just there's so much depth to this reality of cultivating high performing organizations, my friends. You just can't tackle it in a 45 minute discussion. And you're found my foundation. This is my humble opinion. I've got to find out who the person is, why they care, what 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 about not just the 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 theatrics of oh they worked at Accenture. There's plenty of people who worked at Accenture that I won't take advice from. Yeah, there's plenty of great leaders who on title and on paper look great, but some of the exposed facts of how Kelsey shared her vision, I just, I just want to honor you to the nth degree, Kelsey. This was oh. awesome. Thank so, you, Jackson. Pleasure. I will add, you received the uh, Passion Pro award. Oh, that's the wrong one. Here we go. Passion Pro also honors you. I see you as a Passion Pro. Let me switch that there. Your quote, it's going to be so much harder than you think it's going to be, reminds me of what any parent would say about being a parent or any husband or wife would say about having gotten married, the best blessings in our lives often come from having chosen one of the toughest paths there is. And entrepreneurship yes. is no different. It is not an easy path. 
And uh, there's plenty of, if you want to look up the article of what did entrepreneurs say about how hard it is, you will find quotes from Bill Gates and Elon Musk and Reid Hoffman, so many people. Kelsey's just given us that, that insight at a, at a whole new level and perspective. So that was amazing. Thank you. Anything you'd like to add, Kelsey? Where, where should people reach out to you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn and on social media. Uh, Kelsey.consulting is our website. If you're looking to engage, would love to hear from you. Um, I also actually do have a podcast, Jackson. I'd love to have you join us on an upcoming episode. Uh, we have a slightly different uh, focus. So we are tailored at providing industry insight and guidance to those in the consulting industry and those in um, entrepreneurship who deal with and interact with consultants, really helping shed a light on that space. And the reason for that is consultants were kind of an enigma, if you will. We're a little bit different. Um, we have to travel a lot. There's often um, disposable income, but not a lot of free time. And so that in and of itself just ship, shifts and shapes um, our our perception in a different manner. And so yeah. there's a few that actually cater to consultants specifically. And so the consultants council is really a place to be able to, to shed light on that and to help others who are either in consulting and looking to pivot into entrepreneurship or who have um, been in industry and are working with consultants and are engaging with them. So we'd love to have you on, um, but that's I'm another great place to engage with us. Of course, we will have all these links in the show notes as well. Um, and so on the landing page, if you're listening right now and, and you don't see the landing page, go to the landing page, check out the, the links that are there. We'll keep those updated. Also, if you have a comment, uh, you know, a question, just drop it in the comments for Kelsey. Uh, we'll make sure to forward those to her if it's for her specifically. And if you also would like to share your own vision with us on the show, then by all means, apply. We would love to be able to share your vision with the world and talk to you about how you're, how you're going about bringing that to fruition and, and why it matters to everybody else. So everybody have a fantastic rest of your day and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Bye -bye. Jackson. Take care. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent